your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about codependent emotional caretaker or manipulator. And this is a pretty deep topic because uh, there's so many people that are in relationships where one's codependent and one's narcissistic. You know, an emotional caretaker is someone who, you know, they look out for the feelings, the needs, the wants of an emotional manipulator. And that's usually the narcissist. And so the caretaker defers to the manipulator's wants. And what they do is they give up their own wants, even their own health and well-being it needs And they do that in order to keep the peace and to please the other person, all with no improvement in the relationship. And that limbo state can be so stifling and difficult. But emotional caretakers, they're caring people, they're concerned, they're generous, and they're reliably good people. Uh, They sincerely want to please people, and they're generally nice people. However, they can be easily manipulated by other people because they tend to be passive and overly compliant and to have high levels of guilt and obligation and fear and anger uh, towards other people. And so this, this person, this emotional caretaker, they'd rather feel hurt. They'd rather feel angry, depressed uh, themselves rather than have the person that they care about experience any of those feelings. And this makes them highly vulnerable to being taken advantage of and mistreated in relationships with people who are highly self-oriented and selfish. And that's what they attract and that's what attracts to them. And so... um, Many people, many of these folks don't even realize they're giving up so much of themselves. And when they do notice, they may become, you know, resentful and angry, passive aggressive, uh, but they may keep doing it anyway. And those kind of people uh, often ask, you know, why did I choose to get into a relationship with someone who's so selfish? But a caretaker personality is magnetized to an emotional manipulator. And at the first of the relationship seems wonderful. Uh, One person who loves to give and one person who loves to receive. Unfortunately, too often, the receiver just wants more and more all 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 the time. And while the caretaker secretly hopes things will balance out in the long run, they never do. And, you know... um, I don't, you know, I don't think uh, codependents are necessarily emotional caretakers, but they're very, they're not exactly the same thing. Most caretakers are highly functional, positive, uh, feel deserving at work and with their friends, while the codependents are usually passive, self uh, 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 invalidating, powerless, self defeating in most relationships. So when caretakers are in relationships with people who respect, value, and have positive regard for them. They get their needs satisfied. There's a good balance and a give and a take. But caretakers usually have positive relationships in their lives. But in an intimate relationship with a manipulator, an emotional caretaker values and beliefs about caring and their fear of anger and their hostility and rejection from the manipulator keeps them virtually hostage. 
So when the caretaker disagrees or wants something different than the manipulator, they often don't. And, and they can't stand their ground. And they don't set these boundaries that they really need to set. And they don't solve differences because that level of combat is out of their range of skills and values. And, and they're at the mercy of a partner whose goal is to get what they want, no matter who it hurts. And so, you know, what's the cost of being an emotional caretaker in a manipulative relationship? Lost self-esteem, increased anxiety, depression. There's a great sense of helplessness and there's, there's hopelessness and there's exhaustion. There's a sense of emptiness and increasing hurt, fear, frustration. And these caretakers often feel trapped in relationships because of their sense of loyalty and reluctance to hurt the other person no matter what the person has done. And so, so instead of reactions of fight or flight, most caretakers uh, respond to danger, anger, hostility by shutting down. Their breathing becomes shallow. They freeze up. They wait for the danger to pass. And this shutdown process makes them think fuzz- in, in a very fuzzy way. And, and their muscles tend to temp, uh, you know, tense up. And even their heart and digestion rates slow down. So this reaction results in physical problems such as migraines, indigestion, uh, intestinal problems, insomnia, neck, shoulder, and back aches, and an overall sense of defeat. And so, you know, how do, how do you stop being this emotional caretaker? Well, the most important thing to do is to value yourself and treat yourself with as much respect as you do others. Value your own wants and needs and preferences. Set boundaries. Learn how to say no. No is said in one simple way. You don't have to use any emotion. You don't have to use any tone. You don't have to use any verbosity. All you do is say no. And then the person says, but, but, but. You say, no means no. Very simple. That's setting boundaries. You know, you don't want other people intimidating you. Put it down. Ignore what's most important to you. Learn to fight and to flee effectively when you're in danger. So a person that loves himself learns how to say no to things that hurt them. You know, you got to look for these red flags. You know, the red flags tell you you're in, you're, you're in a relationship with a, a, a narcissist, an emotional manipulator. So, you know, people often ask, how, how can I tell if I'm in a relationship with a narcissist? How can I keep from getting in a new relationship with an emotional manipulator? Well, you got to look at the flags. There's number one, the big one, is a high need for attention. They show off a lot, even dangerous, sneaky, illegal behaviors. They talk constantly, especially stories about their own adventures and achievements. They name drop and, and list their own accomplishments. Uh, they, they, they bring focus of conversations back to themselves at all times. And they expect you always to be available to them. That's a big sign right there. Bing, bang, boom. Then there's this grandiose behavior. They always have a better story. They always have a better accomplishment. They uh, always have a worse experience to share. They look down on other people. Uh, they, oftentimes, they just act like they're completely superior. And they contradict others and put other people down. And they expect preferential treatment everywhere they go. And they uh, expect to do everything their way. And so, you know, greater than normal uh, reactions are oftentimes another part of who they are. They they defense easily. They demand apologies, though they rarely ever apologize. They're 
happier, they're angrier, they're sadder, they're more excited than the norm. And, and then if you look at their emotions, they're very intense, but then they're short-lived. And, and they, uh, they overreact to the unexpected. And so, you know, these folks often lack empathy or understanding of other, feel, other people's feelings. They show very little interest in what others think or feel or do. And so, you know, they, they don't even understand your feelings or they just minimize them as if you're crazy. And, and so, you know, you can't seem to see things. They can't really perceive things from your point of view at all, period, except for in a negative light. And so that's another big red flag. And also, they have this deep need for control. So they pressure you to get what they want. They pressure you for sex, for immediate commitment, for couple identity. They, they constantly ask for what they want and withdraw and hurt by hurt or anger if you don't give in, uh, and usually in childish ways. And they also uh, hint or demand that you you see or do things their way or they will leave the relationship. So there's oftentimes this threat of leaving the relationship because they know you're codependent. They know you're there and uh, they, they know it's, it's unhealthy, but they know to reel you back is to scare you to death. And, and so this is the other thing is they discount or minimize your needs totally. You know, they directly tell you. That you really, what you really don't need and, and, um, and what you really don't want. Um, they also discount those needs and wants and they, they basically attribute them to you being uh, inferior, um, stupid, uh, unsophisticated or irrelevant. And so they see requests from you as being needy or selfish and they forget uh, what you ask them to do all the time. They don't even listen to what you need. They, if, they, if you ask them to do a chore, they'll forget all the time. And, and, and they control the money also. And they may spend lavishly on themselves, but they get angry when you spend money. And so it's pretty amazing how they can gaslight you. Also, they won't accept responsibility for their own actions, period, uh, they blame you or others for their mistakes. They they won't live up to what they say or they will do. Uh, they make excuses. They give long explanations, long explanation as to why they couldn't follow through. And then they stick to their belief that they are right and others are wrong, no matter how obvious it is that they're not in a good place. And and. Most of the time, they're not going to tell most of the truth. They'll only tell what's uh, – they're not transparent. They're, they're not entirely truthful. They'll just put it in a context that makes them look good. So when you catch them hiding information, doing things behind your back, taking liberties with the facts, they lie to keep from getting in trouble. And they don't live up to their stated values when no one's watching. So you feel uneasy and feel they aren't telling you the whole truth. And, and you don't feel you can really trust them. And so these are big, big things that are so obvious that you're in an unhealthy relationship. But if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, you know these behaviors very well. And, and when was the first time you saw these behaviors in the other person? Too often, you're likely to discount these behaviors as a one-time thing or when they're, uh, when they're under pressure. And so when you first get into a relationship with a narcissist, these behaviors may not be directed at you, but you will see them become directed at others, a parent, 
an ex-spouse, their children, a boss, uh, and then the generalized others out there in society. And so the narcissist comes into contact with anybody, um, they're going to start judging. And they often have stories about their past that include being misunderstood, treated unfairly, taken advantage of, being ripped off, and generally angrier at not being in control of what happened. And so these, the, the, the flags are right there. Even in the narcissist's first interactions with you, so don't discount it. Don't 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 ignore them. Narcissists have extremely ingrained behavior patterns that are very likely to get more and more negative the closer you become to them emotionally, and 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 what they once directed onto other people, then they eventually turn it to you when the time comes that you don't give them exactly what they want. And so these caretakers, these emotional caretakers, often find it difficult to even notice when they are stepping in to take care of other people. They're, they're helping others who actually need help is, is kind and considerate. But what they could just as well take care of themselves and their own feelings and, and they instead they move that into that caretaker mode and they give that all to someone else. You know, you could be caretaking about small things even. Um, <laughs> one, 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 uh, some people, you know, they may take care of a, 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 a chair. They may take care of the house. They may take care of a dog. Um, but that's generally what they do is, is they find a way to caretake. And a caretaker, you can do it in a healthy way. Or you could do it in an unhealthy way. And so, you know, you want to check yourself. You want to look inside yourself and go, you know, am I falling into this emotional caretaker role? You know, if you find yourself uh, giving up on activities or or, uh, people or goals that are important to you to be in this relationship. You know, good relationships encourage and allow each person to grow and develop and enjoy things like they value and and, and, uh but this this uh, borderline personality or narcissist can so completely consume your energies or disapprove of your friends, especially if they're good friends. They're going to totally disapprove of your friends, your activities, even your family members, so much that you think it isn't worth the energy to keep those people and interest in your life. So, so giving up what really matters to you is a significant sign that you are a emotional caretaker. You know, um, sometimes you can't, you get to the point where you can't even remember what's important to you. And so you may not even notice that you're giving up things that are important. And and so until you notice that, that you aren't doing these things anymore, you can't remember what used to make you happy. Sometimes your friends or your family complain that you aren't the person you used to be. And this is usually a good sign and a good time to really assess, do you still have passions? Are you spending your time the way you want to? You know, a passionate person is has a purposeful life. And that's an important thing to never take away from yourself, is to allow yourself to embellish your passions, but do it in a healthy way. Do it in a way that makes money. Do it in a way that's productive for other people, not just the narcissist. You know, it's, you know are you spending time the way you want to? You know, is all your energy and time focused on the wants and needs of someone else? And that's that narcissist borderline personality person. You know, increasingly, you have to try to do more to please uh, a, a, another person. If you do that, you you don't feel appreciated. And, and that's really amazing. 
You know, if you're feeling underappreciated, undervalued, yet you keep trying and trying to please someone, you know, good relationship work and, and reciprocity. And that's a principle which involves two people giving and, and, and receiving back and forth fairly equally. But if you're not feeling valued and esteemed by the other person, then things are out of balance. And it's time to pay attention to what is out of balance. That is critical. You know, if, if you increasingly tell yourself that you don't have any preferences that are worth fighting about, you know, that means you, you don't like conflict, yet that's probably all you face every time you do something out of the rules of the narcissist. You know, you shouldn't have to fight about your preferences. A respectful relationship allows each person to express and make choices that please them. Some things need to be decided together, but the vast majority of preferences really don't impact the other person too much. You know, if you feel that your preferences are ridiculed or devalued or denied just because the other person doesn't agree, you know, if you're feeling like you have to fight to be seen and heard, that is a sign you're getting into a caretaker role. And that's a really strong indicator. All right. We're going to keep talking about these red flags and then we're going to come back and we're going to go why, why, why and how to gain control of your life. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about these codependent, um, emotional caretaker type of people. And uh, they're oftentimes dealing with a narcissist or a borderline personality, which are massive manipulators and what's really interesting 
is at the beginning of a relationship, what happens is the narcissist tries to push the relationship as far as they can uh, to, to close the deal as much as they can, as quickly as they can, uh, so they can begin uh, directing their abuse towards the emotional caretaker. You know, they start shutting doors. Once they get a commitment, they start shutting doors on the emotional caretaker. Once they have a, a marriage or whatever, you know, and they make their vows, um, then all of a sudden they start uh, closing the options on the emotional caretaker and expanding their options in a very selfish way. And oftentimes the person that marries this person quickly finds that a lot of what they told them have pockets of lies in them um, where there's a lot of mistruth and now they start stumbling into the truth and they confront the narcissist and then they spin a big story. You know, if you don't feel that others actually know the real you or have your friends and family told you that that you've changed, you know, aren't... Are they concerned that you don't seem like yourself? You know, that these are huge questions to ask yourself and assess. Hey, you know, have I losing myself in this relationship? Am I ashamed? Am I operating on guilt and shame all the time? Am I trying to avoid conflict? I mean, that self-assessment is so important. You know, don't if, if you don't feel that others actually know the real you, you know, it, it's <laughs> kind of sad. It's kind of sad because that means you've 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 fallen into the net of the borderline personality, the narcissist. You know, if you begin feeling hopeless, helpless, not good enough, you know, these feelings are all strong indicators that you feel powerless and invalidated in the relationship. And they indicate that the relationship is out of balance and is not even serving your basic needs. And these feelings are early indicators of depression and emotional abuse. And so, you know, you, you have to look inside. Uh, are, are no, is it no longer easy to express your thoughts, your feelings, your ideas? You know, do, have you just given up on spontaneously sharing your thoughts, feelings, and ideas? When's the last time you felt real joy in your relationship? You know, these feelings are indicators, uh, very strong thoughts that, you you know, you're choosing to quit expressing who you are rather than meet this hurtful and devaluing behavior with action. And, and that's caretaking. You know, if you keep trying harder but nothing gets better, you know, <laughs> as a therapist, I've learned that if what you're doing never seems to work, then trying the opposite may make the situation change. So if you t- typically keep trying and trying, why not stop trying and see what happens? Often we get into caretaking behaviors because we're trying to get the other person to do what we want. So maybe it's time to see if the other person is at all vested in making the relationship what you want it to be. You know, are they going to shift attention to you? Are they going to notice that you're not caretaking anymore? You know, if you're ignoring or forgetting to take good emotional, physical and spiritual care of yourself... Or if your lack of self-care is your most important red flag, you know, you're becoming anxious and depressed and losing energy and enthusiasm, uh, becoming apathetic. Apathetic means is the opposite of love. It means means you basically um, don't feel anything. You know, um, caretaking others in order to be loved and approved of is a very slippery slope. And, uh, you know, it usually ends in disaster. And so love can only be freely given. 
So if you aren't getting the love you want and deserve unless you give in and give up what is good for you, then it's time to look elsewhere. You know, uh, it's, it's amazing that people will stay in this kind of a scenario. But if it's unhealthy and it's tearing you apart, maybe you've got to begin to understand that, that it's time to reassess your situation. You know, you know why? You can live a lifetime. And this is Burl uh, Markham that said this. You, you can live a lifetime and at the end of it know more about other people than you know about yourself. And that's so true. You know, uh, you know, with people talk about um, addiction. Uh, for those people that have trouble with that, caretaking is all to re- uh, referred to as compulsive helping. So it's, it's kind of like an addiction, you know. And, and if it's that addictive behavior, while lesser known, it's still very destructive. And, and so, you know, uh, caretaking can be more insidious than addiction. Uh, to substances such as drugs or alcohol because it makes it extremely difficult to uh, identify and treat. But you know what's the, the the interesting thing is, you know, you can love someone, and I say this a lot, but you can love someone and not trust them. But you, when you trust someone, love always follows. And so it's what's important to understand is in relationships, you do not work on love. When you do the work that I do as a therapist, you work on trust because trust is what binds the book. But unfortunately, in the emotional caretaker and then the narcissist borderline, when they get those two together, um, basically what happens is trust can't happen because the narcissist can't be trusted emotionally. They can't be trusted physically. They can't be trusted in their language and their communication. They can't, it's, it's so unhealthy that the emotional caretaker gets nothing out of this because they cannot grow the relationship. It's stalled because there are so many trust issues that are unresolved that, that they can't seal it. And if they work on the trust issues and get a healthy balance, maybe they can work themselves out of these personality disorders. You know, the the, the, uh, caretaker, they have this need to be needed. And so, you know, this is this compulsive helping um, is what they do. And, And there's nothing unusual about the desire to be needed. But like other addictions, and if we go back to that, perception that it's like an addiction uh caretaking is a behavior taken to an extreme and and this is a a a strange sort of caring that rather than helping turns out to to be both destructive and harmful to each to other people you know it's not our problem that people are too selfish or individualistic you know, but if you're going, people are out there. There's so many people that are selfish, and, and is, we're just in that period of time where people don't think a whole lot about other people, and so caretaking is being consumed. But the need to fix other people, well, you don't get married to fix people. You have to accept them for the, who they are. You you don't get in a relationship to change someone. That's the wrong goal, and that's an indicator that you're an unhealthy person who hasn't taken care of your needs. You have to love yourself and have a relationship with yourself before you can truly love another person. You know that this this unhealthy unhealthy uh, equilibrium in the relationship is horrible because uh, this type of addiction to being a caretaker 
um, what, what we're taught is it's good to be helpful and that it's selfish to worry about our own needs. But if it becomes ingrained early and our only value is helping everyone else, we learn to survive and, and we need to make sure to take care of ourselves. And, but we have this identity issue as caretakers to be useful. And so that usefulness can get out of balance and take over your life if you marry a narcissist because they're going to pull every ounce of energy they can get out of you. So once again, healthy is just stopping, stopping and see what happens and see how things go because all of a sudden they're going to have to recognize you for who you are. You know, the other thing is some people – uh, also have this that desire to think they they've gained control, and so you know the, there's this word. If you look at the word caretaking, well, taking is also another part of it, and it's actually the self-serving behavior. You know, while you're not intending to, basically the caretaker is taking from the other individual to fulfill their need to be needed, and so you know these individuals are drawn to caretaking. And, and there's some indicators that they're continuing the, uh, the role that they had while they're in the family of origin. That's one big one. Uh, they also feel powerless in their own lives, trying to fix other people. And that provides some semblance of control. And they also feel their own life is out of control and that it's easier to solve the problems of another uh, than deal with their own. And they also feel that other, uh, other problems are a distraction from their own problem. And, and sometimes they don't trust others to live their own lives the way they should. And that's another part of their thinking process is they use must and shoulds. Um, um, they also sometimes find themselves to be perfectionists and, and are uncomfortable with mistakes. And the narcissist loves that because then they'll just poke you to down and poke you and poke you whenever they you don't get something right. And, and, and this caretaking the boundaries, they feel they're, they're responsible for everybody else. And also, if they breed with the narcissist, unfortunately, what they do is they end up dropping into a role where they're protecting the children from the narcissist. And then they feel stuck even deeper in the relationship because they're trying to protect their kids from this person. And the kids don't realize this narcissist borderline personality is warped and they don't realize how, how it's going to misshape their lives and they don't realize that their their marriage of their mom and dad can't incorporate true love. And so it's kind of sad. Um, they, you know, if, if, if you are an emotional caretaker, you actually feel uh, selfish if you focus on yourself. And so, there, you know, there's certain narcissists that involve in caretaking. Yes, as a caretaker, there is some things there. Uh, they, you think you're invaluable and responsible for everybody else's happiness and others can't get along without you. So, you know, you have to understand that the, the opposite of health, helping, caretakers may find themselves subconsciously manipulating people to depend on them. And, and so that's another thing that's a part of that personality in that introspection of yourself. You got to look inside and go, is, is that what I'm doing? You know, we want to feel useful and constructive and helpful. And, you know, that's very admirable. 
but but they can be very destructive when they're applied without thought and consequences. When people have too much done for them, they fail to develop their own needs. So everyone needs room to make their own mistakes, to learn from them in order to grow. That's what life's meant to be. It's experiential. We're supposed to have experiences where we fail. And then what's more important is how we respond to failure. That's the important aspect. That's the learning experience. But narcissists can't stand that. And so they want things perfect right away. They, they want you to be perfect right away. And so, you know, they have this, and let's say you go on a vacation. Vacations are riddled with mistakes, riddled with uh, time constraints, riddled with all kinds of crazy things. Narcissists can destroy a vacation so fast it'll make your head spin because if one thing falls out of the plan, they turn into a monster. And it's so sad that many of them have ruined vacation after vacation after vacation just because they throw temper tantrums every time something doesn't go their way. You know, the the end of caretaking is not so much a, a problem to solve as much as it's a behavioral pattern that requires your awareness and your insight and then take action. If, if you find it easier to take care of other people than yourself, that's a strong sign. If you feel responsible for other people's happiness, another sign. If you feel selfish, if you don't always respond to other people's needs, huge. And if, if you always say yes to requests by other people, another sign. And if you find yourself stretched thin because all the things you've agreed to do for other people, that's a big thing. You know, if you inside your brain just answered yes to any of those, you, you, you have to be aware of those questions and ask yourself to gain insight. And you know, what are the payoffs, the benefits of the role? You know, how does it affect you and your relationships? You know, uh, what are the drawbacks of the behavior? You know, once you once you begin to examine what's what's behind your compulsive helping, there's there's ways to move forward. You know, try saying no as we talked about earlier. No, no, and, and do that a, a few times per week and see what happens. Just a few times. You know, uh, uh, there's also this countering thoughts such as I I have to help them. I'm the only one who can, and I'm not responsible. And then there's with Try replacing that with I'm not responsible. I'm, I'm not helping by doing everything for everybody. They're not learning um, and they have time to do it and let them do it. You know, so it's re- that taking responsibility, not take responsibility. Let someone fail on their own. Let someone do what they need to do on their own without your input. All of a sudden you're going to start empowering yourself. But it's also, you know, be transparent. Tell others that you're trying to focus more on yourself right now and they can't help them this time. And, and this may initially be thrown off, but if they don't ultimately understand, then you may need to examine that relationship, period. You know, when you feel the urge to swoop and take control, try doing the opposite. Step back and see what happens. See how it feels for you. Take that leap of faith. Observe what happens to the other person. You know, leaps of faith is what life's about, but that requires change. You know, if you use some of the time each day, you just been worrying about someone else to think about your own needs and dreams and interests, that means you're stepping back to becoming healthy. And that's an important component. 
You know, if you want to stop being an emotional caretaker or a codependent, you know, you you, you want to, uh, you, you act on the urge to soothe someone else's feelings instead of soothing your own. And at an age of emotional caretaker, it's it usually becomes a habit. And, uh, and and there's usually a good reason. You probably perceive that if you didn't help resolve other people's feelings, they would leave or literally uh, leave you uh, physically and uh, uh, figuratively. You know, it's, it's amazing. An angry person may cause fear and storm out of the room while a sad person may become distant and unavailable. And an anxious person becomes preoccupied and can feel overwhelming to others. So if, if, if uh, you know, uh, there's a good way, uh, a clever strategy that young people naturally develop unless taught otherwise is to smooth over a situation so that those who they care about or need uh, to remain emotionally available. And so, you know, it, it takes practice to become comfortable with allowing others to feel and, and without trying to interrupt their feelings. And it's often very uncomfortable at first because it's kicked up to a subconscious fear that something terrible is happening, even though the fear is probably irrational. You know, not all emotions are called to action. You know, emotions are meant to motivate us, but they also are meant to be unloaded. And in relationships, it's important to understand the difference between venting and uh, and when you're trying to ha- resolve something. You know, a lot of times, a lot of people say hurtful things, but they're probably meant for someone else, or they probably are telling you how they feel about themselves rather than uh, taking responsibility for themselves on what they feel. And it's important that we all take responsibility for how we react and how we feel. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to end this codependent behavior. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about codependent emotional caretakers and their manipulators. The manipulators, obviously, are the narcissists and those borderline personalities that love to just suck up all the air in a relationship. Um, you know, if you want to stop being an emotional caretaker, you've got to learn how to say no. But the biggest thing is you don't want to confuse your yeses and nos. You don't want to go back on your nos. You want them to be your times that you will say yes when you really want to say no. So and occasionally sacrificing for others is okay. But when you notice it has become habitual or detrimental to your health and happiness, it's time to evaluate your habits and your patterns. And so, you know, Emotional caretakers believe they're helping others, so they go to great lengths to save the day, even when they haven't been asked to help. And the source of this type of emotional caretaking is perfectionism, and it helps us to feel wanted and validated and accepted. But what happens is um, the narcissist will not praise. They won't give that validation. They won't give that acceptance. They won't give that thank you. Um, and, and so it's actually a very self-serving action as a caretaker to avoid your own feelings and insecurity. And this can happen at work. This can happen with your spouse. And it can especially happen with kids uh, big time. Um, you know, empaths and emotionally sensitive people have a finely tuned radar and they're more susceptible to emotional caretaking. So you need positive rituals and emotional boundaries that keep your heart strong and, and, and instead of absorbing everyone else's feelings. So if your life work, you know, requires this, this need to caretake, you, you better be sure to take care of yourself first so that your needs are not forgotten or left by the wayside. So remember, the best way to teach other people healthy habits is by modeling healthy habits. And, you know, it, as an emotional caretaker, if you want to stop it, you've got to have limits and uh, you will need to know what those limits are. And you also need to know what your triggers are. You know, um, if, if, if you're needing to tune up uh, to your partner's mood to affect your yours, you know, if you're sensitive to someone else's distress, you know, he feels entitled to, you feel entitled to have a bad day too if, if you're picking up on their stuff. And that's that empathy. That's that you know, that sense of empathy is so overwhelming that you become enmeshed emotionally with the partner. And if you uh, give them space to express their feelings, give yourself space to express your feelings. You know, it, it feels like a trigger sometimes for a person to try to fix things when they just need to love and support them. And it's amazing when you allow people to say what they've been feeling emotionally and put words to it, they're not going to be clear. They're going to be emotional. And that means they're going to likely be way out of line. And so you've got to understand that people need that and that your job is not to solve it, but it's just to validate it. I understand. I understand. I I. 
I know how you feel. I've, I hear what you're saying. And just repeat what they're saying. But you don't have to solve the problem. And so um, if you can't do that, if you can't break away from these emotional caretaking behaviors, you, if you can't do it alone, you know, go to a therapist and have that confidential relationship where you can actually discuss your thoughts and feelings and give you some tools to reinforce you because this habit is a habit and habits have to be broken and sometimes we need help to break it just like an addiction and that's why I brought up addiction earlier is it is an addictive behavior and it does come with the dopamine and serotonin because that's what the giving uh, gives you back. And so it's pretty amazing that uh, we can actually train our brain to, to become codependent, to get pleasure in giving. And that's a pretty weird thing, but that's how our <laughs> brains are built. You know, learning how to say no has been a massive part of, of people's personal development and their professional development. You know, it, it can allow a person to recover from chronic illness, spending quality time with family, and feel a general sense of peace. And, and that's another thing that you notice when the narcissist is gone, you actually feel peaceful. Peaceful. And you just want them gone more often. And, and that's, a, that's a sad thing. But when you're in a relationship like that, that's how you feel. Uh, and so, you know, things are... Uh, if you don't, if you can't leave it, if you can't leave the relationship, things are probably not going to change because the narcissistic and borderline personality have been shaped at a very young age to be very selfish. And, and they basically honestly have the emotional development of a two-year-old and you're not going to fix them. There's no way. They, they're emotionally retarded, basically. And, and so, you know, in terms of emotional development, Borderlines, narcissists are more similar to two-year-olds than adults. They typically do not believe that anything or anyone in their world is permanent. Um, they, 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 they only have specific uh, emotions um, that they have in the present moment. They, they feel those are real. And they often do not remember past emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. And they feel convinced that their present emotion uh, will last forever. And so they go from... Uh, being attention-seeking and controlling to and manipulative to childish when they're not getting their needs met. And, and so um, they basically, are, um, you'll never get to be in uh, peace when you're dealing with them because when you go into different situations, you don't know what part of them is going to come out. But if you could easily leave, you probably wouldn't be reading this. You know, I understand, or not reading, but I'm reading, but you probably would not be listening to this show, you know, and, and I'm telling you, you want to have as little contact as possible with people who have these issues and getting away from them is not often not easy and they'll repeatedly try and, and the narcissist and the borderline personality, they let, they'd love to just suck you back in. And so, you know, they, they're, they're emotional bullies. And um, maybe you can't run. Maybe you can't leave the job. Maybe you don't want to get a divorce, you know, but it, it, it's otherwise too difficult to extract yourself from the situation. So what attitude do you need to have? Well, quit trying to change them and start changing yourself. So reverse. Change yourself. 
and give them something different to react to. And you may actually find that that solves a problem. At least it creates a boundary between you and that person. So that means you take them off your radar. And, and, uh, you know, you can't make people change. But if you change your behavior, you know, uh, then what will happen is they're going to have to react differently. Whether, you know, it's at work, whether it's in your personal life, in your relationship, this, this, you have to accept that it's on you to change, you know, and, and, and it's only after you give denial, anger, bargaining and give up any hope of, of that narcissist being different. That's when you understand that you have to look for healthy in your life and in how you operate. And that doesn't mean you, you, you don't get help. No, you do get help. If, if you need uh, healthy people to give you thoughts and advice you know, get others on your side, you know, find role models who handle the situations. Don't don't expect that that narcissist, that borderline personality to see these examples and shape up. You have to do the legwork, you know, so stop talking and start doing, you know, talk, talking to a narcissist or borderline is it's pointless. Don't think that a nice chat is going to make a difference in the long run, even if you think you could have a great case, they'll come back at you with with uh, a whole bunch of words that are all jumbled up and makes no sense and only serves to make you feel absolutely crazy. You know, very little gets changed. They are the masters of denial and delusion. They jump instantaneously from topic to topic. They're emotional rather than logic. They usually forget any decision or discussion that has been emotionally intense. And so making changes in a relationship with them requires new actions, not making agreements and coming to understandings with them because they won't follow it. So you need to back up your words with action. It's, it's it, the only thing they'll understand. So you're not going to rescue them anymore. And it's not a discussion. It isn't something to announce to them either. It's not something you communicate. You know, it, it isn't something you negotiate. It isn't something that you, you threaten them with. It's all about action. You stop participating in this this constant circle jerk behavior with your partner. Stop arguing. Stop worrying what they're going to do next, and stop expecting them to fulfill your needs. And, and they, they'll they start saying very cruel things at that point. By the way, and just tell them you're not going to participate in the conversation. You'll resume it when they're feeling better. Walk away. I'm sorry you feel that way. Sorry you feel that way. Simple. <laughs> you know, it, it, so you need to act and not talk. You know, that's toxic. And that, that'll just make the relationship more sustainable if you don't use a lot of words and you just follow through. Once again, you're talking to a wall when you're talking to a narcissist or a borderline personality. They don't listen. And so whatever words you have to say are, are, doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know, if you're being a pushover, you, you need limits and you need that borderline personality to respect your limits and that narcissist. And, and that means being firm and, and, and consistent, but not mean. And you need to know ahead of time what you will do when the boundary is violated. You know, when ask yourself, when this happens, this is what I'm going to do. I feel. Start feeling. I feel. I would like, or I need, add those statements to your vocabulary. That's redirecting back to you and building up who you are, what you want, and what you need. 
you know, there's a thing you got to do also that's so important is you've got to think about rebuilding your life. You know, the needs of a narcissist or borderline may, may become the center of your universe, but that needs to stop. And, and you can learn a lesson from them, a, a, a advice you don't hear very often, but you need to be more selfish. You need to be more about you. Take better care of yourself. Go see friends. Get exercise. Uh, get alone time. You know, get rest. Focus on your own goals. Anything that got sacrificed because you were caretaking, create more of a life for yourself that doesn't involve that toxic, narcissist, borderline personality. This doesn't mean totally ignoring uh, others. And if the narcissist and borderline is still a part of your life, you can still care for them. But do like emergency instructions on the on the plane. Get the oxygen max for yourself before you start helping them. You know, you my grandmother always told me, my grandma told me this, that you, you always need to give to yourself before you can give to other people. You always give to yourself. That fills the tank. If you don't fill the tank, you can't drive the car. So you've got to fill your tank on a constant basis, you know, and then there's just looking at your self-esteem, you know, what got you there? What got you to where you are? Who are you? Are you proud of yourself? What are you proud of? And, and, and that's important. How do you talk to yourself in the privacy of your own mind, in your bedroom, in, in any place that's a quiet place for you? Do you talk to yourself? Do you talk to God? You know, if you did that, wow, if you could hear God's voice, you could start learning from him and that's an that's a, that's another step in in helping yourself and and you know going to church and being around some people that may be healthy not all people that go to church are healthy but trying to to find people that are in step with you and in step with God that may help you make better decisions you know what you might want to find a friend or a loved one or a group of people that are very valued you know, like a small group in church, you know, that's a great thing. But you want to look at what is your goal? You know, the internal negative self attacks are always automatic with the caretaker because you want to attack yourself before the narcissist does. But you can learn to control and redirect them towards positive self-support with practice and diligence towards yourself. And, and you're not merely an extension of the narcissist any longer. You are your own franchise. Well, that's our show. I hope you heard some things that will help you because there's so many of these folks out there. I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on our webpage in voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, codependents want to be independent, but no one will help them. Also, remember, narcissists most often talk to themselves to get expert advice. And also, a narcissist's worst nightmare is an educated empath. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 